morning. Welcome to the Bell and Paul Legal Show. Brad Paul and Dana Miller in studio today talking to you about workers' compensation. If people are going back to work and we want you to understand what your rights are as an injured worker when if you get hurt on the job and what claims you might have, what claims you want to pursue, what when you might want to get a hold of an attorney, and if you do get a hold of an attorney, what, what you're going to be going through and how you're going to do things. We are a personal injury law firm. We are Bell & Pollock. We've been doing this show for at least the last 15 years. We come to you every single uh, weekend on on the on this station t- talking to you about uh, different personal injury matters uh, personal injury cases when you've been hurt you've been hurt as a result of the negligence or the omissions of someone else uh, whether that be in a car crash whether it be a workers comp claim uh, of course that doesn't even take uh, some kind of omission or negligence of another we'll talk about that in a minute um, and also if you have, have experienced a fall as a result of the omission or negligence of another uh, we are here to help you recover uh, what you're entitled to for your injuries to make you whole to make your life uh, get back to normal uh, sometimes the injury is so bad you can't get back to normal but hopefully the financial part of it can be something that can help compensate you for your injury you can call us at 303-795-5900 that's 303-795 5900. Uh, we're available 24-7. Somebody can call. Uh, if you get our answering service, they will, they'll contact a lawyer for you and get you in contact with a lawyer out of our office so you have a full opportunity to talk to somebody and discuss your case. Uh, we don't jump in and tell you what your case is worth in the first meeting. We've been saying for years and years and years, you can't do that. There's more to it. And Dana, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Brad. Happy Friday to you. That's it. That's what it is, a happy Friday. We, uh, although this show is probably go- airing on Saturday and Sunday in some places. We're on Saturdays, we're on Sundays, and uh, we are pre-recording the show. Uh, Dana. Um, you know, just starting with that little bit, uh, it takes more than just somebody walking in and saying uh, about their crash to be able to evaluate their case. Absolutely. Uh, you, every case is unique and different and special. This is an instance where, you know, your mothers were correct. You are special. And so every case's facts have to be evaluated on their own merits as to whether, uh, you know, what the value of that case might be. And there may be uh, other factors that that decrease the value or increase the value depending. And so, you know, you're best served to talk to an attorney about the, you know, the merits and the and the issues in your case uh, at the at your earliest opportunity, because that will put you down the right path to being able to recover if somebody else is at fault for your your injuries. And so that that's the first thing you always want to remember when you're trying to figure out what your personal injury claim is, is worth is you need a lawyer you can sit down with and is going to spend some time with you. That's right. He's going to spend some time with you to help discuss and, and 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 tell you what your case is worth based on how unique you are and, and what your case is. And that's why we offer and we tell you we'll do an individual game plan for you. Uh, we, we, we come in and we, we sit down and we talk to you and we, we will uh, put together a legal game plan. That legal game plan will be modified. It will be changed as you go. We'll explain to you where we're going and what's going on and you can talk to your, your lawyer 
about what's going on and formulate the game plan based on all the different factors that need to be discussed. Uh, we, we've had many great verdicts, many great settlements, but we usually don't throw out a bunch of numbers of we got this person that amount or this person got this amount or something else because it's you that we're concerned about, not some other person. And when we start talking about your case being in, uh, unique and individual, as our mothers told us, we're, we're special, we're different, we're, the, the amount of our claim is going to be different. Absolutely. And it's very dependent on the nature of the injuries. And that's especially true in workers' compensation. So you don't care if I got John Smith uh, $100,000 or if I got Mary, Mary Jones a million dollars, which you cares about your case. And so we want to talk to you about your case, and that's what we try and talk to you. Today, we're talking about workers' compensation. People are getting back to work. It's great that people are getting back to work. You've got high demand from employers wanting to employ people. Uh, you've got people wanting to go back to work, and people are getting back on the job as they find a job that's, that's special to them or that they, that they want to do. And unfortunately, when that happens, you get injuries on the job. And when you get injuries on a job, Dana, there are certain things you got to do. Absolutely. There are requirements. So... Workers' compensation is a part of uh, Colorado's administrative law process, so there are a lot of rules and regulations that govern how a claim is handled, how the insurance company handles a claim, and insurance companies get audited on how they handle these claims. So, you know, if if you as the injured worker do your part to report it uh, on, in a timely basis and make sure your claim is filed with the Division of Workers' Compensation, which is a, an offshoot of the Department of Labor and employment, uh, then you have certain protections that, that come into play. If you uh, have an injury that requires surgery and you have time off from work, the employer is required to pay you for that time off. You can recoup some of your lost wages be, if that injury is determined to be an on-the-job injury. And so there's all these rules and protocols that both the injured worker have to follow and the employer has to follow and ultimately the insurer has to follow to uh, make sure that that claim is handled appropriately according to the state laws. So let, let's talk a little bit. First of all, if you're hurt on the job, you've gone to work, something happens, you get hurt on the job. Now, we've talked before, and you can pick up some of our shows. If you look on our website, championsofthepeople.com, bellpollock.com, either one of those, it's, a, it's an interactive website, but it also has uh, these shows and shows from our other radio shows that we do. We do a number of radio shows. It has those on the website. You can get into them, you can tap into them, and you can learn different things. One of the things that's uh, special about uh, workers' compensation is what it means to say you're on the job. Because a lot of times you may think you're not on the job and you actually have been hurt on the job. Yeah. Uh, you know, if part of your job is making deliveries and you get into a car accident uh, and you hurt your neck or your back, uh, if part of your job description is making deliveries, even though you aren't actively using your uh, hands to shovel or you're not uh, building anything, if part of your job is driving, then you might be on the job. Sometimes uh, employers uh, consider a person on the job on their route to a job. Um, you know, if they have a company vehicle and they are supposed to meet at a site uh, at a specific time, you may be considered to be on the job en route to that site. That's really important because if you're on the job now, you're going to have a workers' comp claim. That's an exclusive remedy. So you have to be careful about when you're on it or not. And when we say exclusive remedy, that's not to mean there isn't an additional remedy that you might have. But normally, an on-the-job injury is exclusive, which means you can't sue your boss, you can't sue your coworker. 
You can sue a third party, though, if a third party outside of your employment has caused your injury. Right. And there are timelines, uh, you know, and, and statutes of limitation that apply to workers' compensation, too. You know, if you haven't filed your claim within a certain period of time, you may lose your ability to file that claim. Now, when we start talking about your your case and your injury, if you've been hurt on the job, and sometimes it's not readily apparent, you you go do your job and you come home and all of a sudden you start realizing your back hurts really bad and your back is killing you. Some, you, you know, you start thinking back on the day and you start thinking back, well, did I twist? Did I bend? Did I move? Did I pick up something? Did I do something? And you are able to trigger what it is. The, the first thing you want to do is you want to go get medical care. Um, and that that's important. Now, uh, th- there are certain things you want to follow when you're getting medical care, right, Dana? Yes. Um, so if you have a, what I call an acute injury, an injury that happens as the result of a certain physical movement, a, a car accident, uh, a fall on the job, or um, something falls on you and hurts you that way, um, you know, that's an acute trauma and you should be reporting it to your supervisor, your direct reports, and making a claim right away. And at that point, the employer or, you know, the agent for the employer, your supervisor, should be telling you where you're supposed to get medical care. But in an instance where, like you said, Brad, somebody, uh, you know, has a sustained injury that occurs over time, maybe what's called a repetitive use injury, which I've seen a lot of the time for people who do uh, kind of the same job. Um, I, I always use as an example, mail carriers who have to do what's called casing mail and putting mail into the, these boxes at the post office, not just PO boxes, but the boxes for the delivery routes. It's a repetitive use injury that they often sustain to their carpal tunnels, uh, their wrists, their hands, um, bursar injuries, uh, tendon, elbow tendonitis, things like that, where the injury occurs over a period of time. And that's what's called a um, <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> not an acute injury, but rather a repetitive use injury. And so if you develop a repetitive use injury and you're not sure of the why, you still need to seek out medical care, but you may have a little bit more open-endedness because you're not sure if it's work comp related, if it's an on-the-job injury, or if it's something that you're doing in your personal life. Maybe you're an active gardener and you've developed tendonitis in your elbow because you garden a lot. So it's important that you seek medical care If you know it's an acute injury that happened on the job, you want to report it to your employer so that they can provide you with the information about who to see. They will have a list of authorized providers. If it's uh, oftentimes in the state, it's uh, Concentra. <clears throat> and, and, you know, another area, believe it or not, where I, I, I've seen quite often the repetitive use injuries or repetitive movement injuries have been your uh, your grocery clerks, mm-hmm. the people who are scanning that and they, they, they continually move their arms across that, that scanner with your groceries as they're picking them up out of the baskets and they, they continually move their arms across there. Next thing you know, they have a repetitive injury. It's been a problem for grocery clerks for years and years and years that they can get those injuries. You're listening to the Bell and Pollock Legal Show. Brad Pollock and Dana Miller are in studio today. We're talking to you about workers' comp claims. If you've been hurt on the job, if you have an injury that's the result of your employment, that's why it's important is it's a result of your employment in one form or another, you got to come see us. You're going to have a workers' comp claim. We're going to talk to you about it. We're going to discuss what's available to you. We're going to talk about what's called scheduled and non-scheduled injuries here in the next, next, uh, next uh, segment of this show. Right now, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. 
This Legal Minute is brought to you by Bell & Pollock Personal Injury Lawyers at championsofthepeople.com. Hi, I'm Gary Bell of the law firm of Bell & Pollock. See if you can solve this legal riddle for me. How can you get hurt twice in the same accident? Once in the accident and again on the insurance claim. That's twice. As my military commander used to say, we don't have problems here, we only have opportunities. Listen, when you've been injured in a car crash, your opportunity to protect yourself and your family may come only once. That's right, only once. We always tell people, when you've been injured, you must take the proper steps at the beginning, and in the middle, and in the end. If you take the proper steps, you can win this war. You can fulfill that opportunity. You can protect yourself, and you won't get hurt twice in the same accident. Call us, Bell and Pollock, championsofthepeople.com will help you. For your Bell and Pollock legal game plan, visit championsofthepeople.com. Welcome back to the Bell & Pollock Legal Show. Brad Pollock and Dana Miller in the studio today. We are Bell & Pollock. We are personal injury lawyers. You can contact us at 303-795-5900. That's 303-795-5900. Each week we come to you with this show to discuss a personal injury topic. Today we're talking about workers' compensation as people are getting back to work. Uh, we want to make sure you understand that if you get hurt on the job, if you're hurt as a result of your job, if you're hurt as a result of your job, and I don't mean just hurt as far as a, a, a huge injury. I'm talking about if we just talked in the first segment of this show about repetitive use. We've talked about an injury that, or, or a problem or an ailment that occurs because of your job, then you have the right to collect workers' comp. Workers' comp is a system that without regard to fault. Now, the minute I say that, I'll tell you, you got to watch out for safety rules. You got to watch out for safety procedures. You've got to follow them on your job. But without regard to fault, if you get hurt on your job, you're entitled to be compensated. Sometimes that compensation is what you would think minimal. Uh, other times it's, it's quite a bit. One thing's for certain that we talked about earlier. If you've been hurt, you want to report it. Now, you, know, you want to get medical care. How do you get the medical care? We can talk about it in more depth, but basically you've got to go to the doctors that your employer has for you. Those are doctors that have been assigned to take care of workers' comp claims. They're workers' comp certified, and they're the, the names of those doctors have been supplied to your employer by the insurance company. And then you've got, and, but you've got to report your injury within four days. That's what you need to do. You want to report it within four days. Now, if you blow the four days, Dana, is your just case just lost because you blow the four days? No, it's not. But you just it, it's it's important to report it as soon as you know. And like we were talking about with with repetitive use injuries, sometimes you're not sure, and maybe you've gone to the doctor, and the doctor says, "Hey, you know, you need carpal tunnel surgery. Um, you know, your your wrists and the ligaments in your arm in your forearms are are shot, and that's why you're having numbness and tingling in your hands." Um, that's why you lose sensation or uh, any number of, of symptoms. And it takes you a little bit of time to, to sometimes figure out that, oh, well, it's due to this particular action that I do at work. Well, you know, scanning the grocery items, casing the mail, um, you know, pulling a hose. Uh, various things can can cause those uh, those repetitive use injuries. And it might take you some time to develop. 
the the four day limit is is meant to incentivize claimants to report their injuries early and soon to their employers so their employers have an opportunity to investigate so their employers have the opportunity to report the claim to the insurance company and so that it can get filed with the division of workers compensation because that's the that's the linchpin to ensuring that you get the compensation that you're entitled to and you go a step back if you have had constant pain in your back as a result of your job, if you are doing a job where you have strain on your back and you have constant pain and you realize you have a back injury, if you have a back problem, you go to the doctor and your doctor says, oh, you've got some back problems here. And it can be, and it's a result of the, re, the repetitive motion that you have on your job or the repetitive work you have on your job or even a one-time event. You're, you're entitled to recovery. So, Dana, talk to us a little bit about scheduled injuries versus non-scheduled injuries. Sure. So, there is some overlap, and so it can get a little confusing. But I like to, for simplicity's sake, think of scheduled injuries as injuries that happen to the extremity. So, your arms, your legs, um, and also certain body parts like fingers, uh, thumbs, eyes, ears. Um, they're more of uh, the... Uh, parts of your body that aren't your torso um, or your head. Uh, head injuries are not considered a scheduled injury unless it's an eye or an ear. Um, and they are treated uniquely when it comes to ultimately settling a person's claim. They're not treated differently from scheduled, uh, unscheduled injuries throughout the the process of treatment and potentially taking time off from work uh, and being uh, compensated under a temporary total or a temporary partial disability payment program. But they are treated differently when it comes to the end of the claim and settling your case. And that's important to know because back injuries, when you're talking back injuries, normally and 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 you can talk about some psychological injuries and especially if you have two or more of the same of these injuries if you have an overlay uh, then you're you're talking about something that's more wide open that you have to discuss that you try to get into you try to work with on what what is the the injury and what and how much should be paid for that injury there are other injuries that uh, if you're if you're talking about for instance um, the loss of a hand below the wrist believe it or not that's a scheduled injury mm-hmm. that you're going to go to the statute you're going to talk about how many uh how many weeks of of recovery worth of recovery you get for that that's 104 weeks to my, many people you're going to say low if i lose my hand i only get 104 weeks worth of my average le- weekly wage and that's true isn't it yes uh well it, it's it's true that the average weekly wage that is calculated uh comes into the equation uh to figure out how much money you might be entitled to for that settlement so you know uh unfortunately the system is skewed to uh compensate people who make more money uh more than people who make lower wages um and, and that part of the system is very unfair to injured workers but that's what you have to live with now, what's important about it is you've got to understand you're getting this money, but you're not having to pay one penny in medical bills. That's another reason why you want to get a lawyer going on this and you want to get a lawyer with who has experience and can make sure you get with the right doctors. Now, yes, you get a list of doctors from your employer, but at times, at times you're able to get a change of lot of doctors. If you don't like your doctor, you can you take the right actions. You can change your doctors. 
your medical bills are going to be paid, and it's something you want to do as far as leaving your medical benefits open. But as far as your total compensation for the actual injury, you've got scheduled injuries, and you've got non-scheduled injuries, and th- there's a big difference when you're talking about what your recovery is. You're listening to the Bell and Pollock Legal Show, Brad Pollock and Dana Miller in studio. If you've been hurt on the job or if you have an injury as a result of the job, not just having say, well, there's my, I, I'm hurt on the job. I've cut my hand or I, I have a, a huge, uh, a broken arm from the job. But if you have some kind of pain, an ailment that is related to or, or, or caused by your job, you should be getting compensation for that. That's what the workers' comp system is about. And you want to contact Bell and Pollock, 303 795-5900. You want to discuss your case with it. We'll have you come in. We'll sit down and talk to you. We can discuss with you what your legal game plan will be so that you can understand where you're going. Dana, as far as the, the walk us through a little bit about what happens when you have a, a non-scheduled injury. So a non-scheduled injury will oftentimes mean that uh, a person has what's called a whole person impairment. And this is, they've treated, they have reached what's called maximum medical improvement. And this is, there's overlap there with with scheduled injuries as well. But once a person with an unscheduled injury reaches MMI, they're determined to be as good as they're going to get through the work comp treatment process. And a final admission is filed by the insurance company <clears throat> then the injured worker looks at their equation. It's it's a similar equation to that of a scheduled impairment, but the injury has been converted to what's called a whole person impairment rating. And that too is based on a calculation that uses the average weekly wage amount or temporary total or temporary partial disability amount and is multiplied by the impairment rating and the person's age. And that lends to a usually much bigger settlement for the injured worker. So um, it is a a vast difference at the end of the day when it comes to the potential settlement amount and settlement value of of an injured worker's case. Now, during this time that I'm treating, if I'm on a schedule or non-schedule injury, during the time that I'm treating and I'm off work, do I get compensation? Yes. As I mentioned previously, if if the uh, injury is accepted by the employer and a what's called general admission of liability, a GAL is filed, then the insurance company is responsible for making a determination on the average weekly wage of that person uh, from their employment at the time of the injury. And they use that amount to calculate either a temporary total or a temporary partial. So a temporary total is if you are out of work completely. You can't work your job at all. Uh, I've had clients who have had rotator cuff injuries and surgery, uh, and they can't lift. They can. Their restriction is zero pounds of lifting uh, following surgery for a period of weeks uh, while they rehabilitate that injury, and they are completely out of work. Uh, other employees, you know, they might have an injury that allows them to work a limited number of hours, in which case they would be eligible for temporary partial disability. So if your hours, say you injure your eye and so they don't want you driving at night, uh, but you can work during the day, but your normal shift is, you know, four in the afternoon until 12 o'clock at night, you know, you might be able to work from four until eight. And so you then would be eligible for temporary partial disability, which again is calculated on your average weekly wage, but it's for the hours of work that you miss. 
Now, the average weekly wage that you're dealing with is going to be actually get two thirds of that, but you don't have to pay taxes on the money you're receiving. And that's why they take off a third, because they figure that by the time you get through with local taxes and state taxes and federal taxes and all the different taxing elements of the case or of your income, that two thirds should put you very close to full compensation. However, yep, go ahead. That, that <laughs> those wages are capped. So uh, the workers' compensation website has a lot of very useful tools, and I would encourage people who have questions not just to call us, but to look at the website as well. It uh, has gotten vastly improved in the last few years and has a lot of useful tools and uh, quick sheets and resources for you to look at to try and help you understand what you might be entitled to. Uh, but these wages are capped at, a, at an upper maximum threshold for what the average weekly wage is in Colorado. Um, and those get revisited by the legislature every couple of years to change them uh, based on inflation. But you know, you might be earning $4,000 a week, in which case your average weekly wage is going to be uh, tremendous. And um, if that's the case, you're still going to be capped at the maximum threshold that this that the state has determined is the average, average weekly wage here in Colorado. And, and when you're Reading that website, the workers' compensation website, while you're doing it, give Bell and Pollock a call, 303-795-5900. Dana will get on the phone with you. Rob will. Bob will. We have a number of different attorneys on our office who do workers' comp claims, but Dana is very good at them. She can talk to you about them. She can get you through your system and help you with it, whether it be scheduled or non-scheduled. She'll tell you what, how much involvement you need with an attorney, and we'll make sure you're taken care of. We'll put together for you your legal game plan. You're listening to Bell and Pollock. We are a personal injury firm. You can reach us at 303-795-5900 or contact us at championsofthepeople.com or bellpollock.com. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. This Legal Minute is brought to you by Bell & Pollock Personal Injury Lawyers at championsofthepeople.com. Hi, I'm Gary Bell of the law firm of Bell & Pollock. This is your Legal Minute. How does this job ad sound to you? $10,000 a week. What do you think? you got to work 24-7. You get no vacation, no breaks, no benefits. You can't go home at 5. You can't get another job. You can't leave. You can't quit. No retirement, no promotions. No pay increases, no bonuses. Guess what? That's exactly how an injury goes. You've been injured in a car crash. You just inherited a brand new career. What about the pain? What about the numbness? What about the alteration of lifestyle? You just inherited a new career. Want the job? Call us. Bell and Pollock, champions of the people.com will help you. For your Bell and Pollock legal game plan, visit champions of the people.com.
Welcome back to the Bell and Paul Legal Show. Brad Paul, Dana Miller in studio today talking to you about workers' compensation claims. Uh, Dana, any closing remarks? Yes. Uh, so, Brad, one of the things that I, I tell people about is, you know, to definitely contact an attorney early on in their process. It helps the attorney get the lay of the land, even if the claimant wants to go ahead and handle it themselves and they don't want to actually pay for the service of a, an attorney. Uh, a qualified workers' compensation attorney like those of us here at Bell & Pollock, Brad, um, Bob, Rob, and myself, you know, we can guide you through what you need to do and what information you need to have. Uh, and if you want us to handle it, we're more than happy to do so. But when you get through that process, even if you haven't contacted a lawyer at the outset and you're wrapping up your treatment, they've put you at MMI, you have a scheduled injury uh, and a final admission of liability is filed, you're definitely going to want an attorney to check out that paperwork because more often than not, the adjusters get it wrong. They've either calculated the average weekly wage wrong from the outset and you didn't know or they've multiplied it wrong math is hard for some people myself included sometimes which is why i always double check and triple check but uh you know you you want somebody to take a look and make sure that the adjuster calculated it correctly uh the insurance company is not there to really help you they're there to put you back to work even if you're not fully 100 percent recovered you only get one bite at the apple. You want to make sure you have somebody experienced, professional, that knows the ins and outs of the process with you as you're going through it. So you make sure you get compensated. This is your family, your life, your income, your house, your household items, your groceries. These are what we're fighting for. This is what we're trying to get for you. We're trying to get you compensated to the maximum extent of the law. In workers' comp, if you've been hurt on the job or as a result of an on-the-job activity, you must call an attorney. Call Bell and Pollock, 303-795-5900, or look us up at bellpollock.com or championsofthepeople.com. We'll be there to help you. Till next week, y'all be safe.